Welcome to When Marriage and Purpose Collide, the, the podcast. podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Cree Speaks Life. Hi, I'm DJ, co-host of this podcast. Hi, I'm Lucretia, co-host, and I am also a speaker, author, and purpose journey coach. I am passionate about helping single women of faith rediscover their purpose before the husband and blossom in their marriage. Why, you ask? Because there is purpose to attain, life worth living, and work needing to be done before inviting your future husband in your life. So I decided to bring my husband along to share a man's perspective. Men need encouragement and empowerment too. Hi, this is DJ. You're the host. If you're trying to figure out how to date with purpose, maybe you're single, desiring marriage, in a pause season, or even engaged, this podcast is what you need. Go sit back, enjoy the combo we have on a daily basis. Now on to the episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode. Hey. We're back for another episode. Yep. Yeah. It's great. Oh, say <laughs> like for already. another episode of When Marriage and Purpose Collide, collide the, the podcast. podcast. And thank you all for everyone tuning in um, to this amazing season two. Man. It's been a while. It's been a journey, hasn't it? It's been fun. It's been fun. I've been learning something new every time we have guests and on. And as you can see, y'all, we have another guest. I wish we had like a um the claps. Oh. <laughs> yeah. The background. I thought the other one. Or not that one. Right. Okay. Our fourth guest here on the episode. And so we're happy. We're going to get into all the things in just a second. But you know, we always start off with a segment called something interesting you might as well just stick with it i think i like it we just gonna have but we just need a voice that comes in and says something interesting i'll do season three yeah yeah we'll do that and we'll have something zoom in um on that so yeah so one of the things did you want to start actually you start off all right <laughs> um <laughs> i feel like i'm gonna be talking more this episode so that's why i want you to start yeah off. okay so well, it ain't really exciting. It's just right now we're in a, a transition uh, season for ourselves right now. And uh, it's been kind of crazy. Cars kinda. messing up. Well, yeah. Yeah. Not high end. Mm-hmm. Cars messing up, uh, you know, switching jobs. Uh, what else? Kids getting sick while we're doing this. God. Uh, dog getting sick while we're going. <laughs> the dog yeah. didn't get sick. <laughs> um. It's been a lot. Oh, plus changes at my job. It's been a lot of transition. Mm-hmm. A lot of transition. Yeah. Um, during that time though, uh, we definitely been commu- communicating more than we usually do. Mm-hmm. Um, outside our check-ins. Yeah. And it's been, it's been great doing that. It's also been a struggle because there's a lot of stress going on. I almost forgot though to do more of it. Yeah, well, you kind of forget because you get you get lost in everything. There's mm-hmm. so much going There's on. So much going on. I usually when I plug into what I need to do, I, I I'm like this. So you know, it's it's Some good to it. yeah, it's good to stop and actually be like, okay, this is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I think I've been doing a good job with that, with explaining, okay, this is what I'm about to do. This is what we're gonna do here. We gotta do this. You know that kind of stuff. So. But outside of that, actually communicating just you know, just regular things, in-home stuff, outside, wherever's going on. Yeah, and so I 
it was like maybe I think it was last week when I sent you a text message because it was on my heart all day and I didn't know how to express it. And normally what happens if I can't express it over the phone or you in person, it'll come to me and I was like, well, I'll just text them. So I texted you how I felt and it was just my heart of like basically of what I'm going through, how I'm feeling with this emotion mm-hmm. emotionally. So I know I talked to the listeners about it, but a lot of times I deal with a, a bout of anxiety and depression. And so sometimes that comes about and it it could go deep if I don't handle it. Yeah. So, and if I don't talk to anybody about it, so, you know, through therapy and also with, you know, speaking to you about it, it was important that I let you know um, what was going on. So with my mind space. Yeah. And me helping no help. <laughs> I always we, try to fix it. The part he said, "I know this might not help." It but might not help. We are supposed to be this season is, <laughs> but we in that transition, transition season. season. This is going to be hard. I'm like, no, that didn't. Help. It didn't help us. But thank you for confirming that. I was just letting you know, just so as you remember. You as long as you do what I was going through. So yeah, I mean, use that. Let's see. Because of the car situation, you've been home. Kids is here. Uh, that already by itself is like enough to break somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, so no, I understand. So yeah, it, it's it's been a lot, but I do know that with us communicating and having you know faith in the forefront, you know, uh, we do uh, biweekly check ins. Well, we actually missed, yeah, we missed did. it, and so that's what no, we one. did. It. Well, we know we did. Yes, yeah, last missed, night, but yeah, we missed the one before that. Yeah, and so um, so that was one of the things. But you can tell when we don't have it how it impacts. Oh yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I just want to let the listeners in on what we've been going through. So y'all been seeing us? Yeah, usually it's something interesting. It's something wild, but this time it's normal. Normal stuff. Normal stuff. Well, actually, no, it's it was still wild if you think about it. Still wild. We'll when we, we get out of the it. when we get out of it, the testimony, we will share with everything of all that's going on. But right now back to back. Yeah, back to back hit. Boom, boom, boom. But car um dope. <laughs> but we'll share more about how we're going through it and what we're going through and how we came out of it because once yeah. we're out of it i do want to bless folks and let folks know yeah what we did so so yeah and just to say kids and dog are good we're just waiting on the car <laughs> <laughs> so our guest is here and but i want to let her introduce herself like first of all let me tell you how this happened i was on linkedin just scrolling you know how you do i'm trying to do more with linkedin with things and I saw her make a post and I looked at her profile and I was like oh my gosh we need her we need her on and this is the time when we didn't have any guests um I didn't think about it but I was like oh we should have guests and we definitely need her and so um y'all know I'm all about when uh, marriage and family therapy and I saw that she had all the credentials and all the letters (laughs) 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 she worked hard for them letters So, um, so I'm going to let her introduce herself, tell us all about her and yeah, take it, take us away. Sure. I just want to say thank you for having me on, on your podcast. I really appreciate, um, being invited here. This is my first time doing, um, a podcast. So you can imagine how uh, nerve wracking it could have been, but you all have made it, um, really comfortable. And I, I, I just met you, but um, I can already see, you know, the love that you all have for each other. And it's really refreshing. It's really refreshing. And I appreciate you all talking about your communication and, and those check-ins are important. And that vulnerability is important. 
Um, it is important to let your spouse know when, when you know, you're not doing well. So they can't expect you to be that person that you you're all you always are when you're when you're down. So mm-hmm. um, that share is really important. So of course I'm going to introduce myself. My name is Lagelle Wilson. Um, I'm actually from the Kansas City area, born and raised, but I reside in Maryland right now. Actually, Northern Maryland and Aberdeen, Maryland. So I've been here for the past three years. I am licensed as a clinical marriage and family therapist here in Maryland, also in um, DC and the state of Kansas. So, um, so just a little bit about, I mean, I'm in private practice. Um, I do online therapy right now. I've been doing that since the pandemic. Um, thought why, why not, why change it? You know, it's, it's, it's working so far right now. Um, one thing I do want to share, um, I'm also a mom, uh, and I, I have a spouse. We've been married for 15 years. Uh, we've been together for 20, okay. like 25, actually 25. So we, we were, uh, like high school sweethearts. So Aww. we have two kids, um, and I haven't told very many people but we have a third one on the way so (laughs) so so hopefully nobody um that doesn't know doesn't hear this before we tell (laughs) but um anywho uh but yeah that that is about I guess that that's the most I I enjoy reading I enjoy um spending time with people like pouring into people Mm -hmm. um also with that and with my profession I, I I have to take time for myself that downtime is very important so um yeah so is there anything else that I missed and you all want to know no that was that was great I was like, okay. surprise <laughs> surprise <laughs> I, I, thank you so much Legail, for that so I appreciate the introduction so did you want to um we have three questions that we like to ask our guests I'll let um uh DJ go ahead and uh so yeah (laughs) so the first question we have is uh marriage and purpose colliding what does that mean to you yeah um so marriage and purpose colliding so for me I think that um when an individual like find their purpose in life Mm -hmm. and also finding a mate that supports you in that purpose as well as you also supporting them in that purpose, I think it, it's a beautiful thing. And it, it doesn't mean you have to have it, everything all figured out. It's just you have to know where you're going, at least start. Um, because we change and we evolve, but at least having a really good foundation of what your purpose is. And when you find that person that supports that and can support you in that, I, I think that that's what happens when uh, marriage and purpose collide. Mm, it's powerful, isn't it? That's what I'm about. Yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Hey, thank you. <laughs> thank you for that. One. You're welcome. Uh, what compelled you to join this conversation and on this platform? Oh well, first getting the invite that was really, really nice, um, and also then stretching myself and and taking the opportunity to to you know like show up like when someone called me or invited me somewhere you know I could have said no because you know nerves or, or whatever but I, I thought I would challenge myself a little bit and I, I thought I said I had I have some knowledge and some experience on this topic so I think I have something to share that could be valuable or could help change someone's life or, or add value to their life or to their relationship yeah 
y'all listening to that out there? Like for real, like she's stepping out in her calling and her purpose and challenged herself. If anything, out of anything, you're hearing this right now, whatever you know you need to be doing, you have the skills and talents for step out on faith and do it big. So she's doing it big today. I have a feeling that uh, whoever's going to come up next is going to help people like ease into therapy more. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just popped up in my head. When no, we're talking. that's so, good. All right, let's go to the pop- next question. Come on, pop up. <laughs> yeah. uh, what are your thoughts surrounding the current state of singles and dating nowadays? Of course. So, of course, I'm no expert on dating because I haven't dated in, I mean, it's been years, but I can only imagine like what um, people who are single are going through. You know, I have friends or, or siblings that, that are single when they talk about the struggles um some of the struggles that 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 i have have observed is you know the connection it's hard to make a connection with someone Mm -hmm. um a lot of times dating is done online or through social media and you can still make connections with someone but sometimes you may not always get that person that that they perceive or that you perceive who they are online you know they they can tell any story they want and sometimes that can be really difficult um having conversations and communication that might be um a little bit more difficult for you know this dating generation coming up and i know that there's people dating in all all different generations but you know trying to deal with the online stuff could be really really difficult especially if you're used to that um that courtship that going out that talking a lot um and also with everybody being so busy and having their hands and everything and this world like running 24 hours a day you know it's really hard to make time for connection and relationships um so I think that makes it difficult for for singles and people out there dating right now yeah the other part about that is though um with technology I mean there's a little more simplistic component to it like you can meet more people in a shorter amount of of time Um, so I, I think you can just kind of make it work and really you know know your limits and your boundaries around that and you know, what you will and won't do around that. So, um, I mean, there's some good things happening with technology, but there are also a lot of difficulties as well. Man, and that's that's so key right now, technology. And it's not just, you know, when you think about romantic relationships, but even friendships and family, like those dynamics have changed too and how yeah, we communicate, yeah. um, which is makes you well-rounded when you have your system around you, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, so that, it's that is a transition. Yeah. So thank you so much for answering our three questions. And so now we're going to get into the good stuff. We okay. know some things. I'm so excited to jump into this because I just love talking about it. I love talking about it. I know I don't have the letters that you have, <laughs> but I just love bringing in people and just me and like the real reason we started this podcast is because we love talking about relationships and a lot of people come to us for advice out of nowhere. Okay. Like, you know, or they want to lean in because they see. And so we give them the real, but we love to do that. So anyway, don't let me talk about me no more. Um, <laughs> um, so I've noticed a lot of people that are actually going into therapy a lot more now. Like even myself, I was on the fence some years ago, pandemic hit, and there was a lot of things with being a mom and, you know, working and being a wife and all those things. All and all the outside like, stuff. Yeah, all the outside stuff. And I was like, you know what? I need to go ahead and do this. But there are some people who are still on the fence with therapy. 
And so I didn't know if maybe there's some advice you can give to those people who are like, uh, I don't know. Um, I did talk to a family member some time ago and he told me the reason why he doesn't want to do therapy um, or is on the fence about, I should say, is because I don't want everybody up in my business is what he Mm -hmm. actually said. He said, Mm -hmm. I don't want to share all of that. I don't know if I can get that deep. And I said, well, you know, you never know what a few sessions, you know, you can, but I want to just hear from your point of view or what you can give as advice for anybody on the fence with um, therapy. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I love that you brought that up because I've heard that a lot too, you know, especially in our community. Like I don't want to everybody know my business or I want, I don't want to share my business, but I think a lot of times people are afraid of being judged. Mm-hmm. And so that that that's one aspect of it, because if you think about it, if you're going in sharing something with a perfect stranger, hopefully, you know, you'll get to that point where you get to know this person and, and feel safe with this person, um, the therapist, uh, where you you don't feel like it's a total stranger. But this person, whatever you say in that room stays in that room. Yeah. You don't have to worry about your cousin hearing about it. Mm-hmm. your friends your family member and everybody's talking about it uh, that that's the difference and so I think it's just that fear of being judged this fear of if I if I say it if I speak it it's real mm-hmm. my advice is you know I would say th- therapy is for everyone mm-hmm. but I would say not every therapist is for everyone mm-hmm. a lot of people have had you know difficulties with um, with therapists where they've had bad experiences and they, they just kind of chopped it up as the therapy is not for me. I think you just have to find the right person for you, just like with any other provider, like if a doctor or a dentist or, or you know, a, a barber or a hairstylist, like you want to find somebody that fits you, that's going to give you what you need. And so that's the same thing when you're looking for a therapist. So I, I would say just kind of take time mm-hmm. to figure out, find that person that's right for you. It's okay if you ask for a consultation ask some questions, get a feel of their personality so that you feel comfortable before actually making that step. So I think that's really important, just like you would with mm-hmm. um, maybe, you know, somebody, if you go into a beauty salon, you might ask your friend, like, who does your hair, right? right. You, you you see their work. So same thing, you might want to ask questions of this person that you're thinking about going to see to see if it's a good fit before you actually commit to going to therapy. But it, I think it is for everyone. That's good. That's good. I think that lends a a good ear to folks who are on the fence because um, the consultations, those do help. And I think mm-hmm. what happened with me was all the, the, I wanted a woman, I wanted a black woman first off. And I think that's mm-hmm. another thing that our community, they have, we have specifics, like we want to find, you know? Yeah. And so we just target in on what we want to find, but um, they were all booked. Like everybody I would and so I was like what in the world I'm trying to do I finally made the decision to do it and they were all booked up and my mom had the same issue when she was in California where she tried to make you know and then finally um you know it was just persistence and me not giving up and then I finally found an opening for one and the first initial call I was sold you know like the way she you know responded and like you're right she didn't judge and so That was one thing that I was like, she was like, well, if you decide, I was like, I'm deciding right now that I want to, <laughs> she was like, well, okay, you know, kind of thing. And so I think it, it is, it is a good thing that you brought that up, that the judgment and all that, and that consultation, you could feel, you know, even through the phone or through the zoom call, you know, whether or not you want to 
pursue that. So that was yeah. good, good advice. Thank you. Yeah. There's something else I want to add is, oh, yes. is sometimes people want to wait until they feel like something traumatic or they're in crisis before they go to therapy. Um, you don't have to wait until you're in crisis. You know, you, you can, you can go, it's just like any other maintenance that you do, um, you know, for your health it's okay to to not be in crisis or not be you know having a not have a traumatic event occur for, in order for you to go um and and it's not for crazy people you know i think that's the stigma is that people oh, yeah, that go to therapy are crazy and and that's not the case like it's for people who want some support someone who wants someone that to talk with wants someone who wants to just get things out without being uh feeling judged um, also a lot of times people feel like they can't go to their friends and family because friends and family, they're going to give you advice. They're going to, they're going to be emotionally attached to what you're telling them. And so you're not going to get an unbiased, um, set of, you, you know, um, opinions or suggestions or advice or support. It, it's going to come attached with something when you are talking with friends and family, a lot of times, um, not all the time, but a lot of times that does happen. So, you know, and, I mean, you don't have to wait until something's wrong or you're in crisis in order to start you know seeing someone good that's good thank you for that thank you for that so we did have an episode a while ago about um i think it was first season about premarital counseling and mm -hmm. how our um journey with premarital counseling and we talked about the benefits and you know some people who were still on the fence about that but um one thing that we talked about that we wish we could have done was also incorporated therapy with it um, and then somebody who I coached, she said she was actually, um, serious with the gentleman and they, they, they're married now, but she, before she was asking me, you know, should I do therapy? Should I do premarital counseling? And I was like, girl, do both. <laughs> I said, y'all do both individual together, all that, you know, but tell us your, you know, your take on this about therapy versus premarital counseling, like the difference, but also what's the benefit of that is that doing too much like yeah give us your take on that sure sure um i would say therapy and premarital counseling i think premarital counseling is good for anybody that is dating and plan plans to be married you know i think it's a good a good thing to, to go and see because go and go and talk to someone about and i know people can receive premarital therapy from different people. Like you might go, a lot of people go to their pastor at their church. Sometimes a pastor might be also a counselor or therapist. And sometimes they might just, you know, have the role of pastor. So sometimes people will seek counseling there. Um, and a lot of times that might be, you know, under, you know, under Christian values and things like that, more counseling around that. Um, you can also receive premarital counseling from, you know, a marriage therapist or um, someone who's familiar with working with couples. Um, part of what um, premarital therapy counseling does is it really allows you to kind of go in and discuss some of the, those things that might come up during a marriage, like roles, um, child rearing, you know, whether or not someone wants to have kids or not, like financial obligation and situations, like all those are important before going into a marriage, because these are things that become huge issues in relationships. And sometimes people don't think about that until they're faced with it. And so that's what premarital counseling is good for. And you're going in as a couple. The individual therapy is also really important because a lot of times what you're dealing with, some of the issues you're dealing with as a couple, 
could be from individual um, traumas or things that have happened, and it could be interfering with your relationship. So it's good to go ahead and seek individual therapy as well. Um, and, and one thing about therapy, therapy is going to look at like what's laying underneath the surface. You know, a lot of times when you go into counseling and some people don't distinguish the two, I think they intersect, mm. but I think there's sometimes some differences between therapy and counseling. Sure, sure. So sometimes, and some people may disagree, but for me, for professionally and from, you know, where I stand, I think sometimes with counseling, people might go in and, okay, let's see where the problem is. Let's work mm. on the problem. Let's work on some behavior changes. Let's figure out like how we can stop this problem from occurring by putting in some different behaviors. Mm. Well, sometimes in therapy, you might go in and you might look at it a little deeper than that. You might say, well, when did this occur? You know, mm-hmm. let's talk about your family and the family that of which you grew up in. How did communication happen? You're going, you're going to go dig and you really are going to figure out and learn a lot more about yourself. Also about your partner, just hearing them talk about their childhood and how they grew up with the experience. You may have heard it, some of it before, but you hear it in a different, with a different ear and a different lens when you're t- talking about it in therapy. So um, I think both of them are good. You know, I, I think seeking some type of um, third party, someone that can help you, you know, kind of navigate through these situations. But it's also to go to, it's also important to go to someone who knows what they're doing. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to someone that is biased or has you know a certain agenda that they're pushing then that's different you know you might come out wounded or scarred or hurt and you might not ever want to invite anybody else any third party into your relationship so you really have to be careful with who you seek it you know counseling and therapy from yeah yeah because i think that one of the things is the and she did bring up that he's when she was asking me about going to premarital counseling or therapy, she was like, Oh, he's not going to want to go because of his culture. You know, he believes that he needs to handle it between him and God kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. um, and it, you know, it would be looked down upon if he were to go. And I said, well, that's something that you need to think about because if it's something you need to work through, you know, you will want to, you want him to work it through before y'all get married kind of thing. So I didn't really too much. Um, we had ended our sessions and things like that, but I, I, um, didn't follow up with her too much, but they, they're married now, but it was just something that she brought up, um, that I was like, you know, that's serious, you know, um, and, and dealing with someone who is from another culture, but y'all are seriously dating and, and, you know, you want marriage together. That's tough. You know, if he says no, but you're like, yes, I need it you know so yeah yeah I mean it's really important that you all have the same you know value system mm-hmm. you know if, if one doesn't want to go to therapy then how do we work how do we work through these issues that we're having when we can't see past our own wants and needs and desires you know we need someone else like how you know at least having a plan for that um other than that you know shoot this person could just go themselves and and learn ways to kind of deal with what's happening in their relationship and hopefully as someone who is familiar with systems like how is this relationship impacting this individual's well-being and helping them kind of navigate through that so I mean it could be helpful even when the other part person refuses to go to therapy 
um, for the one partner to go and, and get some type of help. I mean, it, it impacts the relationship for the better Man. Um, a lot of times. Definitely, definitely. I can only imagine how how much. Um. So now that we're... Gosh. Oh, my, my bad, sorry. I'm here. I know you're I'm <laughs> in the zone. I'll be being here. I forgot you were here. I'm on here. So the next question. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I know right before our uh, premarital canceling, I was kind of thinking like, oh, okay, it's kind of like a therapy in a way, which, you know, she stated that. Mm-hmm. And I kind of had that same mindset, like, okay, we're going to have to dig deeper than what you usually have to do. And I was like, okay, but actually going through it, I see the the differences between therapy, although I ain't been through it, but, you know, just what I've heard and seen. Um, counseling as far as you know premarital it depends on who you're going to I know our pastor was kind of like a half and half he like he definitely helped us out we took some nuggets out of it but also we had paperwork Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I usually don't like the whole packet thing where you're just like here fill this out and there you go Mm -hmm. but there's some pastors do it because it's a requirement in order to get married so Mm -hmm. they just give you the packet okay this and this and oh y'all good right instead of you know like you said therapy is more of i'm really just focused on the core problem the core issues and not trying to uh, eliminate it but heal from it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where counseling is more like okay we're going to try to give you structure on how to deal with stuff and then keep it moving Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. uh, that was my take on it yeah yeah i appreciate you saying that that kind of you know, some people would agree that it's, there's no difference and, and not just premarital counseling, but just counseling, <clears> period, <throat> you know, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, I had a conversation with one of my friends because she was like, I was telling her about, you know, me individually wishing that I went through therapy before, you know, my relationships and before that, like I didn't, it wasn't a thing, you know? And um, she was like, well, how would that have changed if you did? go versus I was like I mean I don't know but what she was able to pull out of Mm -hmm. me in the five years of marriage that we had and just all you know all that like um it was deeper it was it went before marriage it was my childhood stuff that Mm -hmm. I brought up and it was I guess going through it now it uncovers so much it's it's a lot to deal with because you're like man if I would have covered this five years ago or you know some time ago I wouldn't have to think about it now and have stress and then dealing mm-hmm. with you know telling him and all that stuff so it was I saw it as overwhelming I guess because I was like mm-hmm. man I wish I would have known before okay <laughs> all okay. these things but she was you know she was like what difference was that you know kind of thing but I was kind of glad she brought that up because um, the last episode we had of the couple on, they were talking about how healing is a journey, you know, is. that is forever, it's forever going. And so mm-hmm. regardless, if it wasn't, and if, you know, stuff brought up, stuff didn't bring up, something else is happening. Something else is mm-hmm. coming up, you know, it's in you and going to be brought up outside in, you know, out of you, you mm-hmm. know, so you're going to have to work through it together regardless, you know, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Those are my same thoughts as well. It is a journey, you know, and who knows five years ago, you may have not been ready to deal with whatever was in front of you. You have to sometimes go through things in order to be able to like face these these other things that come up like present day. So um, I, it is a journey, you know, life is a journey. And I always say, just like trust the process, you know, you know your growth, like who you were five years ago, you're totally different than, 
been that person you were five years ago than the person you are now. So yeah, yeah that's good. It's a journey. <laughs> okay, so the Ugh, I'm so tired of these types of text messages. The audacity of it all. I am this close to blocking him and I don't even care. I am so sick of this online dating thing and this whole dating scene in general. I want to be married, but man, I don't even know anymore. I mean, I have my own car. I have my own house. I have my own job. My bills are paid, but there's so much going on at work right now with these projects. The holidays are coming up and I'm not ready to deal with the drama from my dad's side of the family, making it seem like I was a problem last year. I mean, I love Jesus, but I don't even attend church anymore like I used to. I used to be involved in everything. You know what? <sighs> I need a pause right now. But I saw something on IG the other day, like she was a coach for single women or something like that. And she had a book. It was like before the man, uh, before you get married, uh, before the husband. It's like a devotional. Or something like you get prepped before, you know, you become a wife and things. Hold on. Let me look it up. Ah, bet. And there's a discount this month too. Got it. Sis, right now in your single season, you need clarity. You need to get back to you and start living purposefully before you even think about dating. In my latest ebook, Before the Husband, a seven-day devotional for single women pursuing purpose, you will be introduced to seven conversations I had with God and myself before inviting a man into my life. It allowed me to do some work and inner healing before marriage. So this month, there is a special 20% off the ebook. Use code BDAY6 at checkout for 20% off the purchase of the ebook. That's BDAY6 for 20% off. Sis, every season of your life will always point back to purpose. In this season, in your single season, it's now. Let's rediscover you before him. Love you. The next thing I wanted to ask, and I I feel like you kind of already said it. You kind of mentioned it before. But I know that there's this thing called the, was it the seven year itch or the seven year, mm -hmm. something like yes. that. And there's yes. all these other things. And a lot of times I, I feel like I have to find ways to prevent us from getting towards the deep end, you know? So mm -hmm. I'm like, well, maybe we should go to therapy now, or maybe we should, maybe we should have started a while back before this or whatnot. But is there a certain stage that you would say, or a season in someone's marriage that you would suggest therapy, like mm -hmm. wholeheartedly, like, no, y'all need to go now versus eh, y'all could try it and just to see what happens. Like, what is, what's your take on that? Yeah. Well, I would say that every season of a marriage is a good place to go to yeah. therapy because I, I know you mentioned like the seven year age, mm -hmm. but nobody really tells you and prepares you for that first year of marriage. That mm -hmm. first year of marriage is like one of the hardest mm -hmm. times because you're, you're getting acclimated to everything. You're trying to figure out like what this role is and who you want to be in this role. So nobody talks about that first year of marriage. So that first year is great. You know, starting premarital counseling is great. First year, you know, life transitions are great times to to go to counseling. When you have births, deaths, um, you know, sick parents, you know, all of these these different transitions are are great times to go to to therapy because there's changes constant, and anytime you experience change, there's going to be 
this this tenseness there because you, you're trying to learn how to adapt and re regroup mm -hmm. um, around like this change, you know, this new family dynamic that's happening, even moves, mm -hmm. um, new jobs, new schedules, you know, the kids going to school, the kids leaving, you know, empty nesting, you know, all of yeah. those places are good times to go to therapy. Mm -hmm. um, but I will say one thing that I do see is when couples wait until one person already has a foot out the door mm. or one person wants out of the marriage, mm. that is not the best time to come to therapy. Oh, really? You should come. You should come way before that, oh, yeah, <laughs> before yeah, yeah, yeah. you get to that point. I mean, wait. it's good to still come to therapy, you sure. know, at that point, but the work is so much harder and, and, and it's, I mean, you're kind of almost made your decision already. And then you, you come and ask for somebody else to help when sure. uh, people have already made their decision in the relationship. Mm -hmm. That makes it hard. Mm -hmm. I, I would say still come, mm -hmm. but you know, as far as like the process, you know, before you even get to that point, go to, go to therapy. No, mm. so that's so good. I like what you said about life transitions because oftentimes we think it's, <clears throat> you know, it's about he doesn't listen to me. I don't listen to him. We're on bad terms. Da, da, da. Like it's about that. But it's I've never heard anybody say, oh, we're going to therapy because, you know, we're about to, you know, we have a new addition to the family or mm -hmm. someone passed and we need to work through this. Like we, we experienced a family member passing. And that would have, I went through therapy, but that would have a great time for, I mean, I mean, all of our family honestly need to go to therapy, but yeah. I'm thinking about how it was, um, during that season and how much that would have helped us talk through things, you know, yeah. as a family. Mm -hmm. And even thinking about my mom and dad, when my grandmother was uh, passed or even, even on the journey <clears throat> to when she was transitioning, how hard it was on the family how that would even want to help like that is a game changer in my mind for me like I didn't think about that like yeah. don't wait yeah. until it's oh we're not talking to each other we're not communicating it's more life yeah. changes any any change that's going on um anything mm -hmm. that you're that you want to end up changing soon or you're thinking about it and you don't know how to tell your partner like yeah even yeah. those things thank you for that yeah you're welcome you know those are the start of um those um, difficulties in communication, you know, when things kind of change, you know, and people don't know how to address it or how to work through it. Sometimes people um, avoid it or ignore it and pretend like it's not there. You know, that's when problems start to kind of fester until everybody's arguing every day or or, or people are, are, are leaving and, and walk, leaving the home, you know, things like that. That's when you know that this, this issue has been festering for a while. Mm -hmm. No, that's good. I, I, that's, that's a key right there. So the next thing is something you've mentioned in the notes that you sent us was disarming defensiveness. And I was like, that is good. I was like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's so many places my mind went with when I heard it. And so explain what that is. And maybe am I defensive are you defensive like what was what a what's a character trait of somebody who is defensive so talk a little bit about that <laughs> yeah of course of course so I, I have a couple of notes about that but you know it's a, it's it's really a feeling of, of needing to defend or explain your actions mm. when someone like expresses their feelings or thoughts to you wow. um this is what happens within that person is that person really tries to defend themselves from feeling hurt, mm -hmm. anger, being ashamed, 
mm-hmm. um, or if they perceive like the other person is criticizing them so they feel the, this need to defend mm-hmm. um, themselves so yeah wow so they feel like it's the need it's because I'm sure it's just something within them you're saying that that yes that comes out uh, maybe an insecurity or something that they've dealt with trauma whatnot and trigger and they just already just defense mode yeah yeah they put up they put up these walls you know they can't hear anything the other person is saying you know all of these things happen because sometimes they're they're really trying to protect Mm -hmm. something protect themselves protect their vulnerabilities protect their egos and things like that wow so how would i guess would someone automatically say yes i do that or would you have to call it out in that person like you know are you um, able to see it right when they're talking or would can somebody be like yeah i i am defensive like, <laughs> like that. well if you think about it a lot mm-hmm. of times it, that's a negative it has a negative right. connotation yeah. so people don't want to admit to it but if they be if they sit with it and they be really honest they can't call it out for themselves mm-hmm. but a lot of times um, it does have to be called out, pointed out in order for them to recognize it, because at that point, they're in the moment. They're they're in they're trying to survive that, that moment there. So they're not thinking about anything else but surviving that moment. Uh, survival tech t- uh, tactic for them. Yeah. Yeah. I, that makes that makes so much sense in that. So let's talk about how would someone really disarm defensiveness? Like if they if they know now you called it out, they called it out. It's truth. It's an honest um you know, part of their life and they, they realize that's what it is, who they are. How would someone deal with that? How yeah. would, yeah. How do, how do you get out of that? Yeah. So there, there are a couple of different ways, but you know, in the, the moment, if you notice someone, a friend, a spouse, mm-hmm. if they feel like they need to protect themselves and sometimes mm-hmm. you're not always in a position to kind of help them out of that. But if you are mm-hmm. being able to recognize call out and empathize like what you see you know Mm. I'm noticing that you're hurt you know Mm. we all know what it feels like to be hurt and when people can feel seen and they can feel heard they don't they can let those guards down they can they can you know let people in at that point Mm. and then that that kind of disarms them at that moment when you can call out empathize you know really allow them to be seen Um, that helps with the defensiveness Mm -hmm. Um, on the other side of that like if you are needing to tell your spouse something who's defensive and you really want to get your point point across Mm -hmm. and you know they're going to have a hard time listening because they are defensive one thing that you might do is you might use i statements and so i don't know if you're familiar with i statements but it's they're very very simple you know you might say you know i felt really hurt Mm -hmm. and used when you did x y and z Mm -hmm. you know how can someone argue with that because they're Mm -hmm. they're your feelings you know people might try don't get me wrong you might have people that might try to argue with you about your feelings but you really you really don't a lot of times people try to avoid blame Mm -hmm. and if you are keeping the you out of that conversation saying you made me feel this way Mm -hmm. or you you were this and you did that and you just say you know i was really hurt by that you know, I was really hurt when this happened. I felt hurt. Um, a lot of times if your spouse or your partner or your friend, they can see that, you know, well, I don't want to hurt you. That wasn't my intention. Mm-hmm. That can disarm them as well and get them to kind of open up a little That's bit. That's good. That's good. No, that that helps a whole lot. I'm going to pause so you can come in and sit down. 
fit in there. <laughs> no, that helps a whole bunch. Um, yeah. Cause that's a part of the next thing we're talking about is communication. But I think some people are just insecure with even getting to that point to even say that. Cause they're in fear of rejection of, from that person and what they might say after they say that. So I yeah. feel hurt. And then that other person might not come back and say you know say anything else um mm-hmm. to that or oh okay you're hurt all right carry on so yeah about the next day <laughs> yeah. or what we're doing but yeah I mean even getting to that point I know that that was hard for me when we just using those I statements even though we were told to do it you know it was mm-hmm. still hard for me I had to always tell you, you didn't use the I statement <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I felt heard <laughs> you didn't repeat what I said yeah <laughs> <laughs> I remember that first year listening yeah our yeah. first year of marriage it was like you didn't but premarital counseling where's the book at we, we both it? was like hold on oh, did we, are we using the right thing are we saying it out you know like the notes pull it out notes to figure out we did it right but no yeah. that's key that I like how you said that yeah yeah and you are right you did say something there has to be a level of safety there you safety. know because you, you yeah you just can't go and say that to just anybody right you can't share those vulnerable feelings with anybody but hopefully in these partnerships and these relationships at least there's some sense of safety there where those mm-hmm. those words can be communicated to the other partner which is so important this is why we tell you be tell singles out there this is why we have this podcast as a voice is are you safe with that person are you safe with sharing with that person if you're not then that's a problem that you need to figure that out go to therapy Man, it, it, yeah. it'd be difficult too yeah you know we're trying to share with somebody and they'd be like that's stupid right like, oh, just shut it down huh hey that's not cool <laughs> yeah and and that gives you a clue that that person is not emotionally yeah. intelligent there you and go. that that's going to cause a lot of issues so if that person's not willing to go and and seek their own work around that then that might not be a, a person for you at this point in your life if they can't pro- help provide that sense of safety because that's important in a relationship you have to have that safety because there has to be that vulnerability there mm-hmm. in, in order for you to have that connection that's so good that's so good that's good. And so we're talking about this communication and and all this, uh, what we need to do in relationships. We kind of talked about it in the beginning and in the intro. So what are, or what do you see as the four types of communication that are detrimental to relationships? Like what's happening out there? Yeah. Yes, definitely. So there's this, um, this psychologist um, and his wife, John Gottman and his wife. Um, So this is the Gottman method. You've heard of it. Mm -hmm. So they, um, they named these four types of communication after, you know, the apocalypse, the four horsemen. So these, they say, these are a sure way to tell, like if these types of communications are happening in your relationship on a regular basis, this could definitely lead to divorce. Mm -hmm. Um, So the, the first one is criticism. And so when you think about criticism, like verbally attacking your partner's personality or characteristics about them, you know, for example, like, uh, why didn't you wash the dishes? You know, you do it. You're, you're lazy, you know, saying things like that, you know, really attacking that person and who, who they are. Um, like, that's not going to work in a relationship. You know, you have to learn how to respect your partner and treat them as a human being. Yeah. Um, treat them how you want to be treated. Uh, or, or better yet, treat them how they want to be treated. Yeah. Um, the second one is uh, content. 
So like when you attack your partner's sense of self, this could be like insults, but this could also include like rolling your eyes when <laughs> when they're, you know, behind their back or in front of their face, mm-hmm. um, snide comments, sarcasm, you know, just really like this, 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 just this contempt there. That is also de- detrimental to your relationship um, if you have a lot of that going on. So working on that. Yeah. The other two, um, one is defensiveness. So we just okay. talked about defensiveness. Yeah. Um, so playing the victim or, you know, keeping yourself from taking responsibility and reversing the blame. Mm-hmm. So your partner tells you something you don't like, um, mm-hmm. something they, that you did that they don't like. Mm-hmm. And your response is like, you did it to me first, mm-hmm. or it's because you did this. That's why I did that. That's not taking responsibility for your actions. Nobody makes you do anything. You get to choose how you respond and how you react. So being responsible for you is very important um, in terms of, you know, defensiveness. The fourth one is stonewalling. So a lot of times people pick this up from parents or other relationships that they saw, the withdrawing or the avoiding to avoid conflict, the silent treatment, being distant, not responding to your partner especially if your partner's putting out bids for love and you, you just ignore them. All that is like emotional neglect. That is not good in any relationship. It doesn't create a sense of safety, a sense of like connection. It, it cuts all of that off. So all those, those four are detrimental in any relationship. Mm-hmm. If you notice that you're doing that, there's things that you can do to kind of help. Like there's antidotes to those. Yeah, that's good. And that's where... You know, you. I'm sure you're saying that they need to come to someone like you. Of course, of <laughs> course, definitely, definitely, and learn better ways to communicate with one another. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's the that's the thing right there that I'm seeing with even some family members and their struggles within marriage, where um, I see the four types that are in that, and I'm like, I want them to come to th- like to get the because there's only so much we can do. When you see or seeing somebody, you know, falling, it's only so much we can do. We can tell them like till we're blue in the face that you all need to get help, you know. Yeah. And we what we see also is the impact on the children. Oh, you yes. know, because they're all this is being displayed. So you're you know, you're wondering why there's an act out at school or the teacher calls or even act out with the parent. You know, mm-hmm. with them, we're hearing stories come back and I'm like, but I see what y'all doing, you know, yeah. like it's a lot yeah. of stuff. Like I wish it w- it could be a whole, whole deal, you know, yeah. for that. And so that's where, you know, I can only do so much, you know, with telling them, you know, what they can do, you know, <laughs> it needs to be something to work through. And so I encourage anyone out there, especially if you have children to go and seek out the support and the help. Yeah. Do, do it while you're in pregnancy yeah. <laughs> oh yes <clears throat> i'm starting to come up with this whole theory i told you before oh, yeah you did tell me where whatever energy you have going on during that time during pregnancy is what the the energy your kids gonna have coming out mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. like yeah. if you if you're more structured and you know you're working on things and the the household is not as stressful other than whatever's going on in the pregnancy then you have the baby's going yeah. I feel like the baby's going to come out a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, in tune with you. Mm-hmm. Where if your household is always yeah. stress and yeah. chaos and all this other stuff going on, 
baby gonna be like that too? Why the baby always hitting on me and doing the kicking? And it's like, well, if you was doing that during the pregnancy and that's, pregnancy to now, yeah, yeah. it's like you you're basically you're receiving that and your baby's feeding off of that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. Is that a thing, that a thing yes, also? There's yeah. some science to that. You know, um, it's very important, um, definitely that pregnant women also um seek mental health services. Like mm. if mom if mom is anxious or even if mom goes through a car accident, you know, it, it I've met with clients where they have been impacted by things that have happened in utero. And a lot of times they may not know until we start talking about family history. And and there's questions around, you know, um, what mom was like, if they have that information, like did mom get in the accident? Was mom depressed? You know, was any of that going on? Because it it does impact like um, attachment Mm -hmm. um, in children, which, you know, that's their foundation. So it grows up and impacts them and in their relationships with other people. So, I mean, it's really important that, you know, we are doing the work now mm-hmm. um, it, it, because we can stop like some of these the generational curses that tend to happen. And, and you don't even know that you're passing them down sometimes until it's too late, you know, yeah. <laughs> until it's yeah. too late. So it's good to go to therapy mm-hmm. just to kind of figure out those things for yourself so that you can understand like, what is it that I'm carrying around? What hurt and what pain That's am I good. carrying around that I can really be impacting my my kids and, and other, other family members around me? Mm-hmm. So definitely doing you doing the work. This is so important. The work that I see clients do in therapy, they change family dynamics. You know, you cannot, you can't change people, right? They have to be responsible for their own change, Mm -hmm. but just how you interact with them causes a chain reaction. It causes them to respond differently to you. It causes them to, you know, when you're behaving differently, it really, they they take notice of of that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it might not always be wanted if, you know, if the family, it thrives off chaos, but people in therapy change their family history in one way or another mm. by going to therapy. So it's that important. Change your family. Y'all hear that? Change your family history. Like the whole trajectory. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. everything. Like that should tell you so much more of the work that needs to be done. Invest in yourself. Like invest mm-hmm. in yourself. Don't wait to invest in yourself. So you know what? I so appreciate this conversation, Lagale. Like yes. I had a great time learning. I did too. This was awesome. This was awesome. So if the audience wants to connect with you in any way, is there anything that you would like to um share? Any handles or anything where they can reach Sure. You? So I'm not really that savvy with social media. Like okay. I have somebody that helps me with that. But okay. you can definitely find me on Facebook by searching okay. Open Hearts Therapy Services. I'm on there. Um, my website also uh, www.openhearts with an s therapy kc for kansas city.com so yes you know anybody can reach out to me Um, definitely I would like to stay connected with you all if you all want me back I would be more than happy to come back I love what you were doing so please you know (laughs) I accept any future invites thanks Thank you so much. Yeah. And, um, is there any final advice you'd like to give our listeners today? Oh, yeah, we talked about so, so much. But I think um, the point that we were driving home today is that therapy is very, very important. Um, so, you know, don't be afraid to, you know, 
just try it. Just go out and, and do it. And But the important thing is that you have to be committed and you have to be serious about it. You know, if you're not, if you're not ready, then, then don't do it. But if you're ready to make changes, if you're ready to be serious about your life and what you want for yourself, then I, I would say just give it a try. All right. Well, thank you so much for this opportunity to have yes. you on our podcast. This was yeah. such a pleasure and we appreciate you. So oh, yeah, so y'all. Much. So thank you so much. Y'all listen, y'all share, review this. Let us know what you think. Let us know if this helps you in any way. Okay. Share with someone definitely that you know is probably on the fence as well. Get some therapy. therapy. And <laughs> <get> some therapy. <laughs> All right, y'all. Have a good one. We'll see y'all next time. All right. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to When Marriage and Purpose Collide. We hope you've enjoyed our conversation. So, hey, this is Lucretia, speaker, author, and purpose journey coach. And I am passionate about helping single women rediscover their purpose before the husband and blossom in their marriage. If you are seeking accountability in your single season or just want to prepare for marriage and you need a little push, I can help. Feel free to send me a DM on Instagram at Lucretia M. Haley. That's L-U-C-R-E. T-I-A-M Haley. If you've enjoyed the episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and leave a rating and review. Thanks again, and we will see you next time.